0: This is London
1: Calling. London Calling. Under my leadership, the United Kingdom will not pursue any relationship with Europe that relies on alignment with EU laws. Now, I voted for Brexit, I believe in Brexit, and I know that Brexit can deliver, and is already delivering, enormous benefits and opportunities for the country. Migration. Being an immediate one, where we have proper control of our borders and are able to have a conversation with a country about the type of migration that we want and need.
0: Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingford, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Well, Tom, this is this is take two. This is take two, and
1: I have to take full responsibility for the fact that take one wasn't recorded because I forgot
0: to press record. So, uh, but you've got no idea how much pleasure that gives me. It, 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 it's like it's like when your wife does something bad and you're and you're completely innocent, and you, and it just you get. It's like having money in the bank, isn't it?
1: i know it's uh, sudden. i i thought i thought you would eternally be in my debt in the you know brownie point bank because you've made this mistake so many times um but there we are
0: um uh, no no i'm 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 i was i was really happy <laughs> I mean, even if it means having to do an early morning early morning recording so um we were talking weren't we about about our adventures in the week, and I was telling you we'd both met. Um, fans of, of, of yes. London Calling, which is always nice. Yes,
1: so why don't you tell your uh, fan story first, and then I'll tell mine.
0: Well, I, I, was she a fan? I don't know. The, what happened was I went to the National Gardens Scheme annual dinner, and the National Gardens Scheme is this is this scheme where you can open your garden to the public. You'll you you, you you'll see a certain time of year, there are sort of yellow signs, It have got distinctive yellow signs, and and... and and people show off their, their gardens. And it's, and it's really good because you can have a snoop around people's you know, now
1: Now, the reason, and- presumably, you're at this dinner is because, secretly, you're living in, actually, um, amazing splendour somewhere in Warwickshire. And you've got this fantastic garden that you spend every waking minute cultivating. And you've opened it to the what, public for the weekend.
0: I went, I went through a phase where I was really into gardening in fact I, I i once tried to write a novel about my obsessions um and it was at the time it was sharks gardening and drugs um <laughs> and I cut out the gardening in the end and just did the sharks and, and the sharks and drugs but no i've i've i as I've got older um which is the opposite direction to most people. most people sort of become more interesting in gardening as they get older I find that I've discovered just how incredibly hard it is you you hurt your back um by digging if you if if you're not if you don't get it right if you don't do it all the time and and all the things that grew well one year die in another year and nothing ever seems uh, it, i mean this, this is why I worry about the coming the coming horror when we're all going to be dependent on on growing our own vegetables and stuff because I know how hard it is even growing basic stuff like potatoes so <laughs> you know when you get more complicated stuff stuff that that get eaten by Cabbage white butterflies and things—it's it, it, just hopeless. I, 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 so this anyway. is what
1: this is why you suffer from this fear of um, the coming food crisis because One of the you reasons. know how hard because you've had you, you're a kind of an allotment failure.
0: Well, it's not just that. It's it, so first of all, you've got to grow the stuff, and then you've got to defend it that's the problem you can't there's there's no point point having chickens and and cabbages and stuff if you're not prepared to go out there with your your crossbow or your shotgun or your um slingshot and and attack the the hordes as they as they the zombie hordes they come over the garden wall um so yeah anyway listen actually before (laughs) you
1: move on to the actual story let me just interject something here which is i don't know if you're aware but currently there is an egg shortage and there will shortly be a turkey shortage and the reason for that is that we're currently battling with an avian flu epidemic in this country and all the chickens and turkeys have been put into lockdown and they're not very happy about it and they're not laying eggs and some of them are dying um and i've been wondering whether our friend neil ferguson of imperial college fame who produced the kind of uh Prognostations, prognostications of doom at the beginning of March yes. um, 2020, which led to, or contributed to the fact that the entire world then told everyone they had to stay at home and hide under their beds for a year and a half. I wonder if he's been involved in modelling the likely impact of the avian flu epidemic if we don't lock down these birds. I mean, it would be a great kind of microcosm of the misery he's put us all through over the past kind of two and a half years. And I don't know if you know, you probably do, but in 2005, he was involved in modelling an uh, 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 an avian flu pandemic, a global avian flu pandemic, and predicted, I think, that 230 million people would die worldwide as a result of this pandemic and uh, the real number was something like 38 not 38 million but 38 people Um, and uh, so I, I thought if any if anyone is listening if anyone out there is an expert on avian flu and would know how to find out If Ferguson has been involved in modelling the impact and is, in fact, responsible for the fact that no one will be able to have turkey this Christmas or indeed this Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners, Um, please get in touch. Um, Lockdownskeptics at gmail.com. I'd love to run something about it on The Daily Skeptic.
0: Tobes, you are actually actually halfway there. I, I I'm very suspicious about this avian flu. I think the timing is is, is deeply suspicious. I, I think that the testing they use is not dissimilar to the to the PCR testing right. that we use yeah. to to detect this this fake this. Is fake, it not um, in fact uh, a PCR test thing. that they're using? I
1: think, I think it, it, it may be, be yeah. a PCR yeah.
0: test. And I think that I think that. Just like, just like Foot and Mouth. Foot and Mouth was essentially a dry run for, for what's, what's happening now, the war on farming. It was, it was designed to um, get the public used to the idea that the Ministry of Agriculture can just come in and wipe out livestock willy-nilly. Um, and and also, it was an excuse to increasingly regulate livestock, so that so that the government knows exactly where what you've got down down to the last down to the last chicken. I I I think that you've, you've, if you follow somebody like Ice Age Farmer, he's been reporting on this. There is a, there is a war on the food supply system around the world, and this is. Because this is ultimately a war on humanity. This is, this is, this is what I call the predator class um, trying to turn us into slaves and, and, the, and the war on our food supplies is, is part of it. So if one doesn't get a turkey this Christmas, it's got nothing to do with, with so-called avian flu. That's just the official excuse. There's always official, an official reason and, and the real reason. And the real reason is they want to starve us and kill us and enslave us and, and, and that's well,
1: it. Well, I, I, um, I, I'm... I'm, I'm. As you know, less, 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 uh, not, not, not as far down the rabbit hole as you, but I do think there may be something, uh, there may be, there may be something worth investigating about the government's oh, response yes, to this supposed avian flu outbreak. Um, and if, if Neil Ferguson's involved, that would be um
0: wonderful. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So this, uh, I, I went to the, the National Garden Scheme dinner um, and there was a lecture by a, a, a very distinguished garden designer called Arabella lennox um and afterwards it's, 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 so that, so the great and the good of the gardening world and gardening really attracts the poshos the, the really really super rich and the grand uh, if you want to meet them if 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 you were trying to bag say the daughter of somebody very 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 a bit late for us now but the the way to do it would be to get into the gardening world because because they All or have, you
1: could take you know, could take your son um and introduce him to some could fantastically do. attractive um gardening obsessed heiress.
0: Do you know what I think I I think I did actually what, what okay the other woman next to me was she mentioned the name of her family and it was a name i hadn't heard of before it was and 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 she she said something like thank god for that um thank god you don't know uh, and the implication was that this was a really you know if i if it's a european family a french family and if I had known what it was, I would have kind of been all prurient. And she was very grateful that I didn't know. And I had a very nice chat with her. Uh, and this was at the dinner, by the way, where Mary Berry was. You remember? Yes, we, you, I, you, I mentioned, you mentioned uh, it. I was very excited to meet Mary Berry from... Yeah, it's like being in the presence of a deity
1: meeting Mary Berry, isn't it? I wanted I, I to introduce my daughter to her when my daughter was about 12 and obsessed with Bake Off. And she was so overcome at being in the presence of this deity that she was rendered speechless.
0: I felt the same way. I felt the same way. It was like meeting Gaia herself. Oh, I don't know. She's into no, she, I'm sure she's not into that into that sort of green nonsense. But I meant she's she is a, she is a goddess, um, and she looks. Remarkable because she, she I mean, she's not not that that young, is she? I I just I got slightly got the vibe that that she thought, who is this twat talking to me? Um, this is Mary Berry um, or, uh, or the was, or the French heiress, Harris- yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I was overly effusive or something. I, I I sort of treated her like 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 I knew her because well we all feel we know her. um uh I also met um thingy, the guy who writes that column in the Financial Times about gardening and and uh, the, the Don. What's it called? Um, um, Oh, I... Read a very good book about Saint Augustine. Um, we don't know. <laughs> and rides horses, hunts. Oh, oh blimey! Anyway, um, uh, what? So the other person next to me at dinner was was a well. She she'd been boning up because she knew I was going to be on her uh, on her table. So she she decided to do some homework and and listen to the Delling Pod. And I think listen and listen to London calling. I think she was more London calling. I think she found Dellingpot a bit out there. She she didn't want to know that the moon landings hadn't happened. Right. Um, but she, she she made some notes and and her and her criticism of the of the of the London calling is as follows that she doesn't think that mummy and daddy fight enough. She didn't put it like that. But that was that was her line. She thought we ought to disagree more mm-hmm. and. I th- uh, 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 but then she ruined her point by saying that that she she was a fan of the that terrible podcast that I've never listened to, but I know it's terrible that Alistair Campbell does with Rory Stewart with that other Rory Stewart yeah. exactly. So you've got two actors because that's that's all these politicians are—they're just actors acting their roles. So so. Alistair Campbell presumably p- pretends to be the left wing person and Rory Stewart risibly pretends to be a, a conservative person a- and, and, and they, they disagree with each other and you you think, well, that's, that's a rubbish model for a podcast. This, this, ours is much better. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: So, yeah, so think. she, she, but, but did, did you point out James that we regularly beat them in Apple's, um, uh, weekly iPod, uh, podcast charts. <gasps> I didn't jobs. know that. So, I think we do. I think, do yeah, we? I think, I think they do quite well, but, sometimes we beat them not always but sometimes we do do better than them yeah
0: that would be very sad if if alistair went back to the, to the bottle in despair that he was being regularly thrashed. <laughs> if by anything, James if anything's going to turn
1: him to alcoholism, uh, that would be it. I think. Yeah,
0: maybe. I bet he hates this. He probably
1: us. does. Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah.
0: I hope he does. I hope he. I hope he lies awake at night thinking, thinking, "I so hate James, and I. I can't decide which one I hate he, more, James. Yeah, or he Toby. probably
1: knows the person who compiles the Apple Podcast charts and and gets the kind of gets the, gets the gets the kind of weekly chart early sent to him so he can kind of pour over it and and uh and and, and, and then when we beaten him he probably thinks oh no not again anyway um yeah. uh, so i i met um a fan of london calling too so i was i was i went to a lunch party on sunday and was seated next to this um uh knockout of a yummy mummy i mean knockout and um and uh and she and she told me that uh, i was her hero that she was a massive fan of the um, of lockdown skeptics now the Daily Skeptic and of London Calling that um, that London Calling in particular had kept her sane over the past two and a half plus years yes. because she was. Uh, an isolated lockdown sceptic isolated in her kind of peer group and even within her family Um, but it was great to to, to know that there were other people out there who felt the same way she did and I was just lapping this up purring with pleasure as she was kind of you know pouring out these um, compliments Um, and then she said but I have to say um i am team james and not team toby and i slightly taken aback uh, and then she then she sort of then she then she just said james is just marvelous isn't he i listened to the Delling pod as well um yes. he's uh, he's yes. he, he's he's so awake compared to so many, what's he actually like <laughs> is he married how what's his relationship like i mean it was unbelievable james she was oh, really, no. i met, oh, no. I met your terrible. number one fan
0: and she was oh. a goddess so, oh, yeah. how, well, well, how that's that's very, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, Thibes, how do you do you do you go out all the time? No, I hardly ever I go out. I and mean,
1: I go out by two or three times a week, but mostly to work related stuff. Um, yeah. Very rarely. For I don't pleasure. know.
0: I was talking to my my father came to stay the other weekend and he I I've always wondered why his second marriage fell apart. And he explained it i mean it was obvious to me what, what what the reason was when he when he told me that they used to have dinner parties every night of the week or they used to go to a dinner i mean I, I he must have been exaggerating, but the thought of going to more than one dinner party every six months i think would would appal me i just I just can't cope with um socializing. Mm unless i'm on a horse
1: (laughs) listen we better have uh, our first ad because we've got four to get through uh it's whiskey jim but not as we know it the founder of heroes and heretics only discovered in his 37th year that whiskey was an amazing adventure most people's memory of whiskey dates back to their teenage years with an evening of whiskey drinking ending in disaster that was also true of the founder of Heroes and Heretics, so partaking again was a difficult choice, but one he's never regretted making. Whiskey isn't one experience, and one bad experience shouldn't stop you drinking it, any more than one bad steak should put you off eating meat. We believe there is a whiskey out there for everyone. A whiskey cocktail with your name on it, a distillery created with you in mind. Not only can your palate change, enabling you to enjoy the beauty of luxury spirits, we believe the industry should change, expand and encompass a wide range of different drinkers. Knowing how the nuance and esoteric nature of the water of life can be off-putting, we suggest you join the Heroes and Heretics Collective – Heroes and Heretics represents anyone and everyone keen to try, to sample, and eventually to love, to grow to love this magnificent spirit and its peers. Inclusive, affordable luxury. There is no right way to drink whiskey. The only good way is the way you do it. Sign up to the Heroes and Heretics Collective and receive free shipping and 15% off your first order. When you next think about whiskey, remember, Heroes and Heretics. And I'm now going to read out the URL you have to go to. It's um, H-A-H-C-W-S, Heroes and Heretics, C-W-S, H-A-H-C-W-S dot com forward slash join hyphen the hyphen collective forward slash. But if that's too much to write down don't worry, it'll be beneath the picture of James and I on the London calling page of the Ricochet
0: website, so you can find it there. Okay, Jams, are you a whiskey fan? Um, Do you know what? I'm glad you asked me that. I'm just starting to emerge from a gin phase, Uh, and I I think I'm getting slightly sick of gin, Uh, and I think whiskey might be my new my new spirit maybe it's a thing that happens yeah, when you get I, to, well no because because he was younger I
1: went I through was I way. went through a whiskey phase in New York um between 95 and 2000 but my issue with whiskey is not that I I had a bad experience and therefore got put off for life I had too many good experiences I grew to absolutely love it with a passion and ended up drinking really? a little bit too much um so I've uh, I, I stopped but I'm I'm looking forward to starting again as I get older and being hung over Do you all the mix time. it with water? No, I don't mix. I I do it the American style. So um, over a couple of ice cubes, which I know is sacrilegious if you're a if you're a, if you're a fan of the uh, water of life. But uh, nonetheless, that's how I like to drink it. Um, anyway, yes. um, So um, we should get on and talk about some of the issues of the week. I wanted to say, James, that it's been a bad week for Team Toby and a good week for Team James because um, you know trying to maintain. Yes. Uh, my position, you know, that it's not conspiracy, it's cock-up. It's becoming harder (laughs) as all the cock-ups seem to be trending in the same direction. So I'm thinking of three things in particular. Um, First of all, there was um, the autumn statement, um, which, uh, I mean, we might as well you know, Keir Starmer might as well be in 10 Downing Street. I mean, there was very little that I could see that was conservative about that autumn statement. It's as though, you know, uh, it doesn't matter who you vote for, um, the same people are going to, get in and they're going to put up taxes and increase corporation tax there. and make our <laughs> lives miserable uh, no sunlit uplands uh, visible in that autumn statement hard to see why anyone would want to vote to rem- to keep the conservatives in office at uh, the next general election so the, the autumn statement was pretty disappointing um secondly um uh, i don't know if you saw this but um the uh, i thought sh- Sharmel shakedown uh, was all over and that you know the, the 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 kind of gravy train had kind of moved on to bali and then you know dispersed but actually uh, uh, like the day before yesterday it was announced that the negotiators at Sharm el Sheikh at COP27 had concluded um a reparations deal Uh, and that all the negotiating teams including the UK's negotiating team had signed up to it whereby they've all agreed um, that the developed nations like Britain and America are going to pay compensation to low-income and middle-income countries um, for the damage caused by climate change including reparations to India which if you didn't know has a space programme. So um, absolutely extraordinary. I thought that idea had been kicked into the long grass and Rishi Sunak had said no no there's no way we're going to compensate countries like China um, for the supposed harm done by the Industrial Revolution, um, uh, but no, it's been agreed to, it's been signed up to. I thought, yeah, you know, and it turns out when these things end, they don't really end. The negotiating teams stay behind and then and then d- work out these treaties to which we're then all bound, um, regardless of you know how people vote in general elections. Uh, international treaties, yes. um, are absolutely extraordinary. So that was um, that was that was I thought a strike strike for a strike against um team Toby and a strike for team James and then finally um uh it was um i think it was sort of um run up the flagpole that um, Britain was now going to pursue or Rishi Sunak's government was now going to pursue um, a Swiss-style relationship with the EU. That is to say the the, the UK would essentially uh, be back in the single market, uh, enjoy frictionless trade with the rest of the EU, but the price we'd pay is the price Switzerland pays essentially, which is to be bound by all the rules, but to have almost no say in them, if not no say altogether. The worst of all possible worlds in other words a complete betrayal of brexit um rishi Sunak again denied this but then let's not forget he denied that the uk was going to sign up to this reparations deal it turns out they have so um yeah three 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 i think three 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 reasons why team james should be feeling quite pleased um this week and team toby is struggling struggling to uh, maintain the cock-up theory
0: anyway there we are I'm I'm going to be magnanimous in victory terms. So obviously, I agree with you. Um, th- th- there was another one as well. Did you see the the, the footage of Rishi Sunak getting out of that four by four to go and visit uh, Zelensky at his <laughs> at his volcano lair? In, um, and now I, I, well, in, I, I, I didn't
1: see. I saw. I saw footage of him, kind of you know, um, enthusiastically shaking hands and not letting go of his hand, so he could be photographed and filmed shaking his hand. Um, I think he.
0: I think he must have one of those booster seats because ah. he, he 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 had to he had to jump out of the out out of the this this four by four that that he was. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> I I think these I think these characters are jokes. I, I I really do. I I think a lot of people are asking, um, quite quite rightly, why is somebody as incredibly rich as Rishi Sunak? What's he doing in in this this very low paid job as as, as Prime Minister? And it it it's clearly that he's he's been selected. He's been selected by the the cabal, the WEF, whoever, to to play his part in the next stage of the, of, of the crushing of, of the people. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all that the, 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 the antics you describe at, at Sharmel Shakedown, because, um, as I discovered when I wrote my book Watermelons, the, 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 the Green Movement, or at least the, the whole climate change scare, was, was always designed with um, a, a political intent, in other words it it was never about saving the planet. It was always about wealth redistribution about about control, about instilling fear in the populace so i so I just laugh at this at this um did you did you, you see know, the this... picture of uh,
1: bob Bob Moran um has surpassed himself done a brilliant cartoon at the top it says crushing it and it's got it 's got uh, various um world leaders and billionaires jumping up and down. On a sign saying "freedom," it's and it's on a beach, um, so I guess it's uh, it's it's the G20. It's
0: either Bali or Sean. yeah. yeah. And,
1: and and it's got and it's got one, two, three, four, five. It's got six, uh, six people in the picture. Rishi's in the middle. It's got. President G, next to him is Bill Gates, then uh, it's got Rupert Murdoch um being propped up by the others cuz he's asleep cuz he's so old and doddery. And then it's got um Justin Trudeau in blackface obviously. And in um blackface. and it's got President Biden leaning over <laughs> to kiss um a very very kiss the head of a very very small <laughs> Rishi Sunak uh, who's clutching a drink it's very <laughs> funny. Uh, very seditious. Bob
0: is is he's genius. He he is genius. He, he I I mean he couldn't do that stuff if he were still working for a newspaper because they because they're all controlled by the you know their paymasters and the <laughs>
1: Let's hear from uh, Let's hear from another sponsor, James. Because um, and I think this this time it's you. Should we hear from our old friend Thor?
0: Yes. Oh dear. This one says Toby to read, please. Ah. Sorry, Thor. I'm going to have to disappoint you. I'm going to have to pretend I'm I'm Toby. Um, I know Thor personally. He's provided pro bono support to the Free Speech Union Council Culture Victims since we launched. And he'd like to connect with you, especially if you run a business and you're firefighting in challenging times. Because when Thor isn't supporting FSU members in the eye of cancellation storms, he helps businesses through rough times. For example, an SME facing 20% redundancies worked with Thor and within four months landed £20.4 million worth of new contract value avoided redundancies, and secured a 10-year project pipeline. Thor's included a personal note for you, the London Caller listener. Are you, the London Caller, who's thought about getting in touch but haven't had time because you're too busy firefighting? If so, I'm talking to you. In my experience, business has been a challenging place for freethinkers since 2016, a regrettable lack of individuals able to speak their mind on many hot-button issues, Brexit, climate, ESG investing, or whatever diversity gruel of the day is dished up by HR. And now in 2022, coming out as free thinker in the business meeting can be as risky as donning your Trump 2024 MAGA cap and heading down to the HR department. It's straight to diversity and inclusion re-education for you, matey. It is what it is, but I say, let's focus on what we can control. After all, even in this cult culture, there are deals to be done and business missions to deliver against. As your ghost non-exec director or executive coach, I will bring positive challenge, fresh perspective and a genuine performance boost to your business. You'll be more focused in your business, whether a one-person limited company or full-blown SME will win more deals, create more value and enjoy the process with a fellow freethinker on your team. Put my business firefighting skills to the test with a complimentary London business owner discovery call. Connect on LinkedIn linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thorholt and quote London calling strategy your 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 hundred percent discount on my standard discovery call value of 225 pounds
1: I noticed you said marga hat there rather than MAGA hat um is that the is that the is that the way they pronounced MAGA in uh, in in the posh circles oh. in
0: which you moved James do you know I I it hadn't even occurred to me occurred to me it's like garage garage isn't right. So, uh, and, um,
1: well, I, you know, I, I would have thought that, um, you know, my, my children are constantly pronouncing things the American way. So um, when we were watching um, Wales versus USA yesterday, um, my 14 year old son remarked upon um, the fact that Americans were, were real um, uh, patriots um, compared to um, British football supporters. And he was looking at all the kind of people in Stars and Stripes costumes in the in the stadium. And I was like, Charlie, it's patriots. But uh, he, he because he watches so much, you know, um, uh, so, so much American, so much American stuff on on you know on TV and on YouTube. He just pronounces every it's route instead of root. And, and however many times I tell them and I correct them, it doesn't seem to make any impact. Anyway,
0: oh, route is horrible, oh,
1: horrible. Yeah,
0: route is. I mean, route's what you do to the enemy in a battle. Yeah, I've explained that. It's not. Yes, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not the, it's not, yeah, it's it's not... the, the one that annoyed me um, when I was in Costa Rica was sloth. It's it's pronounced sloth, damn it, not sloth. Yes, sloth is like the creature. That yeah, was
1: really. I know we hate. had that. We had the. I think I got that one wrong when you asked me how I pronounced it before. Um, so, James, should we take a moment to praise Elon Musk for reinstating the account of Donald Trump in his bid to turn Twitter into the uh, digital? town square and reinstate free speech to the platform um and, and and what's been particularly pleasing about um the reinstatement of donald trump has been the absolute meltdown amongst the kind of um yes. liberal blue ticks about the fact that trump uh, is now back on the platform um i don't know if you saw Sadiq khan there was quite an amusing um uh, uh so one of the people who's been um uh allowed back on is andrew tate and um, uh, I love Andrew and Tate. Sadiq Khan had an absolute kind of uh, hissy fit about the fact that Trump was now back on Twitter and kind of uh, tweeted this kind of finger wagging reprimand, um, pointing out that you know uh, far right d- disseminators of hate speech should not be allowed on Twitter. They were going to contaminate the town square, um, and it was quite the wrong decision. And um, and and Andrew Tate. Uh, Quote tweeted Sadiq Khan said, this is the woman who's responsible for turning London into
0: a shithole. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. Um, he is. There is something very, very weird and creepy about Sadiq Khan. It's, it's, his, it's his toxic blandness, isn't it? There's, there's, yeah, that's he, he a good does, phrase. He does so much harm to London. I mean, I, 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 I would bore you if you had the time with my, with my travel experiences in London. When I when I came up the other day for this for this gardens event, it 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 was just I was shocked by how it was it was like the 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 sort of the last days of the Soviet Union where where the 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 whole system is just not working. So I tried to get a a Piccadilly line train at rush hour time, seven o'clock in the evening. Piccadilly line is the line that serves Heathrow Airport, and I went down there. I was late for this for this lecture and the, the the sign said there wouldn't be another train for thirteen minutes well that that's not on I mean, they should be every two minutes at that time and the if you if you go above ground, you've got twenty mile hour zones everywhere and 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 these ghastly scooters and horrible bicycles everywhere I know I know you use bicycle but but a lot of a lot of people on bikes are, are a menace. That London is grinding to a halt. In fact, the other day I tried di- driving down the Camberwell New Road, which is now which is now a, a twenty mile hour zone, and my car, my diesel car, so that the, the engine started seizing up because. Those cars are not designed to go at twenty miles an hour for any length of time. It's just ridiculous. They must know this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's 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 deliberate to screw us all. Even over. when your car breaks down, you're convinced that Bill Gates is
1: behind it. Um, but uh, I, I've got a two-word solution to this problem, James. Elizabeth line, so I don't know if you're familiar with this latest addition to London's tube network, um, but it's it sort of it's a combination of overground and underground. So it starts, I don't think, in Reading or somewhere, um, and goes to Abbey Wood at the other end. But in the middle, it goes abs, it goes through. Central London, like a knife through butter. So you can get on it um, at Acton Main Line. It stays above ground for a little bit. And then it goes underground. You get to Paddington. You used to have to change at Paddington. So they tried to get it all ready in time for the Queen's 75th you know, anniversary. Um, But they didn't, obviously, because there were various delays. And they opened it, but there was this break and at Paddington, you had to get off and change to get to kind of continue on your journey on the Elizabeth line. But you don't have to do that now. It's now straight through and you can go from Acton Main Line to Liverpool Street in about 18 minutes. It's extraordinary. It's Changed my life, so um, and it, it it does come roughly every two minutes. So um, it it ends a little bit early. It ends at about 40 So um, it's not much good for getting home late at night, but uh, for getting to places, it it's transformative.
0: Well, the uh, at this point, the American listeners are just on the edge of their seat, and they're thinking, "Tell us more about the London transport, system, James <laughs> and Toby. We'd love we'd love more pornographic detail about which stops, metro <laughs> metro porn.
1: Yeah, we, uh, that's probably, probably be a as excited the, the
0: chance of going to act. Yeah, uh, who, who lives in Acton, Toby? Nobody lives in Acton. <laughs> the the, the creme de la creme, James. The best of the Is best. Right? Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah. Um, what else should we discuss? What about? Um, uh, you, you, I think you mentioned yesterday um, that um, you yourself um, have been accused of being controlled opposition, which I thought was quite
0: amusing. Oh yes, yes. I've got to. I've got to. Um, I'll have to <laughs> look look up the. So somebody wrote this. This nice, you know piece about me and um on, on on this site called off guardian um i'm familiar which, yeah i think you know about yeah, it, don't yeah you? they were very sound
1: at the beginning of the lockdown and i think it was started by yeah. some former guardian journalist hence its name
0: some somebody said you know something something to the effect of that i i, I don't trust james dellingpole he's going to be because of his establishment background that that that, 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 that even yeah he talks about he talks about having taken psychedelic drugs but even that's a that's a tell because they just wanted they just want to drug, drug us with you know to control our minds like in like in brave new world something something to that effect and um this is this is what one does encounter um, <laughs> the, 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 um rampant suspicion I'm afraid,
1: and 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 how did you how did you persuade the, or did you think about how you'd go about persuading this person that you're not in fact controlled opposition and that you're just saying what you think?
0: No, did you, did, did, did you realise how
1: difficult it is? Because anything you say will just be seen as yet more evidence that his conspiracy theory about you is true. And did that then give you the, pause for thought about conspiracy theories more widely?
0: The the, the problem is that 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 uh, when you're of that frame of mind, that, that you spend an awful lot of time trying to decide who is controlled opposition and and who is just i don't know wrong on certain issues and who is this and that i mean obviously Tobes, you are you, you would you would qualify as controlled opposition um, but, we, who's we, controlling me and am we, i
1: aware of it
0: or have they implanted well, we, a chip the, in the, my that brain that, that's very quite, that is exactly the debate people have is toby unaware or is he does he have a sort of it, is it because he's desperate to stay inside the Overton window, and that he knows instinctively? I mean, that, that, that's my theory. That, that 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 you you just have it's your just, own intelligence, just, just intellectual how far you can it's go. just intellectual without losing your job. In my
1: case, it's just intellectual cowardice. It's not that someone is actually paying me to um, uh, to discredit the kind of uh, uh, alternative narrative.
0: People people think I, I think people think that of you. They I mean they think you're a good they you're a good person. They don't think that you're being so I'm a, I'm a fool, not a, not no. a villain. Yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're a fool. <laughs> yes. Does that make yes. you feel better?
1: Yeah, I suppose I better? I don't know which is worse. I think I'd prefer to be a villain, actually. But
0: anyway, there we are. No, you <laughs> no, you wouldn't, actually, Tebbs. You really wouldn't. You, you don't want to be a villain. It's not nice. I don't want to be a fool either. Okay. Listen, we better hear. In we, fact, we, that was my problem with the with, with with this with the TV series that I'm going to discuss shortly. Okay. When we get to, all right. Good. Um, well, let's let's calling. hear from one more um, sponsor and then get on to. Should I do? Uh, I'll, I'll do. I um, think it's me. Then uh, it's you. Uh,
1: because you, oh, I think okay, you did fine, the last yeah. one. So. Um, or, or no, no, maybe it is you, actually, because you started with Thor, didn't you? And then I... No, because... Or did I start? Did no, that? I think I started with Heroes and Heretics. So it's your game. It's your gay. Go. God, go. God, we are two such doddery old men. Here we go. I
0: know, we are.
1: Do you like the idea of a freshly mown lawn every day without you or your gardener having to lift a finger? I like that reference to our listeners' gardeners. I think, he's, I think the, this advertiser knows exactly who our listeners are, and they are the sort of people yeah. who have gardeners anyway if so you should consider getting a robot mower from robert M- sorry from robot mowers uk. that's all one word robot mowers uk. robot M- robot mowers surrey is run by richard a gardener with over 15 years garden maintenance experience inevitably a large part of the work has been mowing lawns However, for the last couple of years, Richard has been recommending and installing robot mowers as he says he can't compete with the quality of service these robots provide. Compared with the cost of paying someone to cut your lawn, robot mowers usually pay for themselves in little over a year. Or if you mow your lawn yourself, think of the hours every year you'll save. Better still, because the robots can cut every day, the lawn always looks newly cut and neat, and you will no longer have piles of grass clippings to deal with as the daily clippings are left on your lawn and are too small to notice. To find out how it all works, visit Robot Mowers Surrey, that's mowers plural, so note the double S in the middle, uk Robot mowers can be installed by the homeowner, but experience goes a long way and Richard offers a comprehensive installation service as well as supplying the robots. Of course, he doesn't only serve Surrey. He can supply robot mowers to anywhere in the UK and offers the installation service all over the southeast and can go further afield depending on the job or recommend a more local colleague. So why not get your robot mower from fellow London calling, listening, spectator reading, free speech union member Richard? Email him at Richard at robotmowerssurrey.co.uk. I'm quite tempted by a robot mower. My lawn, I, I, do, oh, they're, I do. They're really good. Types. I do have a garden. They're really good. It does cost a lot. Um, do you actually do you have a robot mower then, James?
0: Um, I had one. Um, I th- the only problem with robot mowers. Is that you have to you have to install a circuit round you? Yes. Have to bury a circuit round your lawn, and the problem is that if you get moles, right, they they break the circuit, and then you've got to go around laboriously trying to find where the moles done. Right. It. Or, or if you edge your lawn and you accidentally drive a you know an edger through it, right, that's another that's another problem. Right. But yeah, they are great, and they do they do that they do what they're what this It says to it. on the two.
1: yeah. No, I'm I'm quite yeah. tempted by one, I must say, Um, no, get one. So, get um, one. yeah, culture corner. So, um, what have you been watching this week, James?
0: I finally caught up with that series that you were you were constantly recommending, Ted Lasso. Oh yeah, uh, which I I was I'd been put off because it was about football, but actually I think it's really charming. I think Jason Sudeikis, an actor I'm not very familiar with, but I thought he he's, he's very charming as this this. Uh, eternally optimistic good-natured American coach brought over to to run a a, an English football team and it's charming it's got the same charm that detectorists had that it's it's gentle there's it's it's not there's no sort of real there's no cruelty there it's it's
1: surprising how popular it is in the UK I mean it's almost a metaphor isn't it for American colonialism you know, but it's a sort of benign colonialism. He's like a sort of well-meaning, hey, slightly guileless kind of 19th-century colonial governor, kind of doing his best to kind of please the the, the, the locals and kind of understand their primitive customs. Um, but I think the Do reason I think, I, I think the reason it's it's it struck such a chord over here is because it it, it kind of it, it creates this illusion that there's something essentially benign and rather nice. About our, you know, American overlords who've colonized us. Um, that's that's my that's my take on Ted Lasso. Ah,
0: yes, I I don't actually believe the, Ameri- the 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 relationship is as we we are led to believe. I think that that that. Britain is much more evil and powerful ah. than it lets on. Okay,
1: so we've, we're we still, in fact, yeah. we still, in fact, control two-thirds of the Earth's surface. I think what one thing to warn you about on, um, about Ted Lasso, James, is it, it, it goes completely woke in season two. So it's like having softened us up um, uh, to tell us that, you know, we, that we've got nothing to fear from being colonised by our American cousins. It then imports American grievance studies Ideology, and suddenly, kind of blasts us with this kind of woke gobbledygook, and uh, I found it pretty galling at that point. You've, you know, lost you've saved
0: me. Yeah, th- a lot of these series go off, don't they? they do yeah. That, th- th- but that this one that jumps the shark in season
1: two, which is quick, even by the standards. That is of, quite yeah, early.
0: It's quite, it's quite a little that bit. Is too, quite a little bit yes. quick. Yeah. Oh, but before you go, but I, I, I've, I've also started watching the SAS series. Oh, have you? Yes. You, you, what been, do you think yeah, of that? Yeah. Well. It is exactly the kind of SAS series you would expect uh, to have been written by the guy who wrote Peaky Blinders." Peaky Blinders yeah. So it does. It, it does. It, it's a slightly dumbed down version of World War Two, and it does take take liberties. I I think I, I'm enjoying it very much. I think my three objections so far that they're, that they're mainly sort of linguistic or stylistic or whatever. They're to do with tone. So there's one point where well you've got a british colonel de- 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 describing how incredibly hot the conditions are in the desert and he says it's 50 degrees out there well there was absolutely no way that in 1941 a colonel would talk would, would be talking in yeah, celsius yeah. he'd be talking in fahrenheit yeah, he'd be saying point. it's 120 or whatever yeah um that's number 1 um the i don't like the the creation of this woman character yeah she's completely think, invented yeah completely invented and completely pointless. I mean, if you're going to have hot chicks uh, decorating the screen, and that, that's perfectly OK, don't, don't try and make them significant. Don't try and make out that she's deputy head of... of, of um, intelligence. Of French, French intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- oh, and the other thing that really got on my wick was that they're constantly talking about Nazis. They're, you know, we're fighting fascism. We're fighting Nazism. Nobody talked like that. They didn't refer to the Germans as Nazis. They referred to them as Germans yeah. or Krauts or or, or Bosch or, yeah. or whatever. It, this is this is a, a modern thing. It's it, it's a it, it, we've sort of inherited it from from woke culture and punch a Nazi. And suddenly, World War II has got to be about about beating yeah, the Nazis. Se- se- well, yeah,
1: essentially, they, they were the kind of the, the SAS were the forerunners of Antifa
0: yeah exactly it just wasn't the case i I think churchill occasionally sort of talked about nazis or nazis he he always mispronounced it to annoy to annoy them but i think generally people refer to them as by the nationality um yeah i think think terms
1: like the bosch and krauts are now considered racial epithets which are unacceptable even even in a period drama set during the Second World War, um, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it too. I mean, it, it's reasonably well done. The characters are, are quite compelling. It's well acted, and the, you know, the, 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 the source material, the basic, the basic story, is so compelling. It's you know you can't get yeah. away from the fact that you're celebrating kind of you know macho daring do. Um, uh, you know uh, during the Second World War, um, uh, you know it's hard it's hard to make something wholly woke about the the origins of the SAS. But it does do its best to be woke. I don't know if you... It does. So, 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 um, you know, um, uh, Dominic West, who plays the head of British intelligence in Cairo, turns out to be trans, which I'm sure there's no historical basis for at all. Though, please... Dear listener, if I'm wrong, correct me. Uh, and then um, Paddy Main, who was the kind of psychopathic, um, uh, kind of talismanic kind of uh, member of the founding member of the SAS, um, turns out to be gay um, and in love yes. with, you know, um, a, another trooper. Um, uh, which I don't know whether there's any historical basis for that either, but I rather doubt it. Um,
0: I think they've got the... I think Paddy Main was much, much bigger than... He was a sort of prop forward type, I Yeah, think. that's one um, of the... Slightly yeah, implausibly,
1: Paddy Maine turns out to be... And he's, rock hard and everyone's terrified of him and he wins every fight he's involved in in the series um you know including up against kind of you know a battalion of others and uh and yeah and you think this guy looks completely weedy you know he, he's a sort of girly man he can't possibly win all these fights or be this psychopath or lead be a leader of these kind of men um because yeah he, he was
0: a psychopath i know he was i know it was in
1: real I life think. but he doesn't look yeah. like when well, this series he looks like a no kind he doesn't of, he looks like someone from who's just in a shampoo ad you know um so yeah that's a bit implausible but generally speaking it's 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 quite enjoyable I quite enjoyed it and and as I said last week I think um, when you get to the end you realize that it's intended to be the first season of many it's not a standalone self-contained series so that's something to look forward to I
0: think something happens I think I think that the the, the essentially the sort of original SAS pretty much gets wiped out and they have to reform um, because they ca- the casualties at you know the, yeah yeah no
1: spoilers anyway, um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. so um yeah okay. so i i and i this week i've watched um season 2 of white lotus um so season 1 of white lotus was fantastic one of the television highlights of last year it's about, it was great. about this group in hawaii in, this group of very rich americans um, who go and stay in this luxury resort um in Hawaii and it's all about how dysfunctional and narcissistic they are. Um, and it's a kind of satire of it's a bit it's a bit like succession. It's kind of like succession set in a kind of luxury resort in Hawaii. It was very good, very funny. Um, and uh, the new that season two um is set at a luxury resort in Sicily. Similar people, nearly all of them American, um, and one overlapping character, just one, um, who is this kind of um, uh, s- sort of slightly kind of um, uh, uh, overweight, very rich um, woman. Who, oh, that one, strange one. Yes, she She really she, weird. She 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 finds a lover and marries him in season one, and so in season two, they're on a kind of romantic. Getaway in Sicily together, and she, 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 she's um, just as awful as she is in season one, but quite funny. Um, But um, the difficulty with it is that um, I, I don't know anything about luxury, you know, resorts in Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii, and so for all I knew. You know, all the details were exactly right in season one, but I do know a little bit about—not much, but a little bit about a lot, a, lot, a, a little be, teeny tiny bit about be honest, a lot. luxury resorts in Europe, and, um, and 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 a lot of it struck me as quite implausible. Um, so, for instance, the um, the hookers who appear in the lobby, kind of trawling for work, are um, implausibly attractive, um, and uh, and and the GM um, is kind of quite rude um uh, uh to to the customers in a way which is completely implausible you know she's utterly charmless i suppose they wanted to create a kind of you know an amusing character who was going to and create some conflict between her and the guests but as my wife who knows even more about this this world than I do said that GM would be sacked within 24 hours if she behaved like that so that's like that's slightly grating a bit like you knowing that people didn't use the word Nazi you know in Egypt in the second yeah. world war it,
0: it is quite a big deal it is quite it? annoying when, 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 when you know you a knowing. little bit
1: about the world and they get these details wrong but you know it's perfectly okay it's it's not as good as the first one and they it does it feels like they it feels like you know mike white the creator and writer of season one i mean sort of like he's the auteur behind the white lotus um said everything he had to say about kind of vainglorious rich people and how ghastly they were in season one and hasn't got much more to say about them in season two but uh, has only made it because season one was such a rip-roaring success but nonetheless it passes the time i i i I give it seven out of ten um and i've also been watching Andor, um i did I, it, which is the latest star wars spin-off tv spin-off um and um it's not bad i think it's better than the others i haven't watched all of the others I've, I've tried to watch them and never actually managed to complete any of them including the mandalorian but i think i might get to the end of andor um it's written and sort of directed by tony gilroy who um, is a pretty good writer director did some of the born movies so um I'm quite enjoying, I'm quite enjoying Android. I, I, I won't bore you as to where it fits in the kind of um, Star Wars canon, but...
0: Uh, it would go way over my head, yeah, if you Yeah, no, tried. I won't bore you with that.
1: But anyway, so that that's okay. And I also watched season two of Gangs of London. Sorry, it's episode two of season one of Gangs of London, which which I am recommending. I think Gangs of London is good. And I also watched an episode of a series called Deep State, um, which... Um, uh, well, that sounds like It up sounds like street. it could be up your street. Yeah, it's about a kind of former... Um, uh, intelligence officer who's kind of dragged back in to complete, you know, another mission, um, and uh, and and it turns out that you know MI6 is completely corrupt and doing the bidding of no, these kind of international billionaires. Yeah, so it is up is quite up your street. I found it. Oh, it is. As,
0: it absolutely. What, what channel's that on?
1: Uh, it was on. Di- it was on Disney Plus. It's uh, I don't know oh, what it really? was on. A, is, is, it,
0: is it English or American? No,
1: I think it's a co-production. A lot of the characters are English. It's initially set in France, but the main character, Mark Strong, obviously is English. And most of the most oh, of the characters might, are think. English. I think I think when he when he comes up against this kind of evil American corporation. Um, uh, who are pulling all the strings? Um, I think he then encounters some Americans. It's a bit like it's a sort of similar it, thematically. It's quite similar to Terminal List. Not quite, a, not not as well done. I didn't think, but I might, I might, I might oh. chance my arm on episode two. By the way, I watched the last episode of The Old Man, which I thought ended rather abruptly. I guess they're hoping to, to to produce a second season of that too, but it was rather unsatisfying. Um, uh, I didn't oh. want, I didn't want to have to be forced to kind of wait until season two to kind of you know tie up all those loose ends. I hope that it would be a self contained package, even though I'm happy to watch another season. Um, but anyway, so uh, I watched yeah.
0: the new uh, the new um, Sylvester Stallone series, but before I tell you what i thought of it should we just do the last ad
1: let's do the last ad yeah and that's you
0: yeah whether like me you leap hedges on your 17 hand hunter or toby you brave Reykjavik's volcanic ash what do you do when you're snowed under and notice your fiercely independent elderly mum or dad isn't coping this would have been a disaster but now you can whip out your phone and call the family emergency service that is the Live In Care Company. Call 0118 914 5300. The Live Care Company. Co. Uk does exactly what it says on the tin. The Live In Care Company, run by a fellow London caller, rocks a 97% five-star TrustPilot rating, and the Live In Care Company believe that your family, that uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I had a terrible moment there. The Living Care Company believe that your family should be cared for at at home by carers who actually do care. We do not believe a synthetic and potentially lockdown environment of a residential care home can compare to -to one-to-one care in your own family home. As one amazed Trust Pilot reviewer wrote recently, we urgently needed a carer with only 24 hours notice. This company contacted us very promptly and had a carer for the position within a couple of hours of their call. Absolutely amazing service with a very professional caring attitude and a very personal touch to our care needs. This company is far the best we have used. Get in touch via www.theliveincarecompany.co.uk or ring us for a no-obligation conversation on 0118 914 5300 we would love to help i'm sorry live and care company for messing up your ad I, I love the sound of your product and you are utterly brilliant but when i was reading it out i suddenly had the thought that i'm uh, <laughs> that i might have forgotten to press the record button and i was looking to oh, see whether no. i had or not oh god james but uh, no no i have i have okay. anyway I love I love the sound of the, of the living care company, and a lot of us are at exactly the age where we have to worry about about. You see, I, so I I thought
1: the reason you tripped up and were laughing is because the idea that you might take advantage of the living care company to look after one of your elderly relatives was actually becoming increasingly implausible and it would all be about your family your children taking advantage of their services to look after you um uh i thought that's what truth because that, that that's what i was thinking no. when, when you were reading it out i was thinking i'm going to soon be taking advantage of the living cares company services forget about <laughs> forget about getting them for my my parents no
0: or... i don't think that no i mean the, the well your you your, your, your father's father's no longer with us is he right. um but but i mean it's a terrible phase in life you go through isn't it where 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 you've got these parents who just can't look after themselves anymore and it and you and you don't want them to have a horrible experience in some soulless soulless care home you God's much looked after absolutely yeah, yeah. totally yeah. so um anyway yeah. um sylvester stallone talking about, about elderly people in need of a care home so there's the uh, you may have noticed that there's been this trend on 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 um, places like Netflix for these these career reviving things from olders of the, of the '80s. And you mentioned The Old Man, which has got Jeff Bridges and and so on. And then we've got uh, Ralph Macchio endlessly milking the karate kid yeah. on Cobra Kai. And the latest to be unearthed, uh, to be um, dug exhumed, up. Yeah. is dug up is is Sylvester Stallone. He's got this, this, this vehicle called Tulsa King. And the problem with it is, I reckon, the premise, which is that that Stallone has been in, in jail for 25 years. He's a, he's a New York mafiosi. And he's done time, it, he kept his mouth shut, he, he could have been released earlier if he'd spilled the beans, but he didn't. And he comes out of prison and, and goes back to the mob and expects to be showered with, with, I suppose, gifts and districts to run and so on. And instead they say, we're giving you Tulsa. Uh that there is no mafia presence in, in Tulsa according, according to the, the premise and somehow it is in the gift of the New York mafia to, to offer this over to Stallone I, which, which makes no sense to me how, how can the New York mafia say you, have, you now have, have the right to control um, Tulsa. Mm. What about the Oklahoma you know, mafia
1: wouldn't they have something to say about it
0: yeah. well, you'd have thought well they might say we're giving you Ulan Battle. It, it makes about as, as, as much sense so the next problem is this. So you've then got St- uh, Stallone, you know, uh, not very gracefully, going out, going out to Tulsa and setting up a mob operation there. And, and we're encouraged to think of Tulsa as well. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about Tulsa apart from that, that pop song by Gene Pitney, um, that, that it, it's horsey. And, you know, Cowboy Town, they, they, they all wear cowboy hats and it's, and it's God-fearing. So it's a sort of nice, sort of innocent place. And I, I don't see how one can root for Sylvester Stallone moving in with his mafia ways on this innocent town. Well, why is that a good thing? Why are we supposed to be happy about this?
1: Okay, so, but apart from the premise, which you find a little bit implausible, uh, as well as the yeah. moral nature of the central character, yeah. is it any good? Is it well done? Is it, is it, is it, good?
0: well, he, he's Stallone and, and, and he's perfectly good at playing Sly Stallone. So, you know, you, yeah. you, you, it, it, it's trading on your nostalgia for Rocky. And Rambo. Right. And he's, he's still got it. He's got the most amazing physique. He doesn't look 75. Right. Um, he, d- he won't be needing a live in care company
1: uh, lovely to look after him anytime soon. Yeah. He won't. Okay. No.
0: Uh, right. uh, re- well, I've got to go riding, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm, st- I'm still working my, my way through
1: um, Sharp's. I-, I moved on from my last Sharp book and I was going to give myself a break and read something a bit more demanding and intellectually nutritious but i had it i enjoyed i think it was sharp's battle so, which is a good one so much that i've now just oh. moved on to the next one in the series straight away um so I've, i'm binging so i'm now i'm now about halfway through sharp's honor but after that i think i'm then going to move on to barry lyndon before i go back to oh good
0: shop I'm- I I I literally do have to go and get on the horse now, Topes. I mean, oh, you know, I know I li- live life out of a Trollope novel, but I must go. Uh, don't fall love.
1: off. Okay, bye. Bye. This
0: is London calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.